Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Saturday, December 3rd, before week 13 in the NFL. First week of December. Oh, my goodness. This is, uh, it's gone by fast. Um, but we are still got six weeks left in the regular season. This is the pump fake, Jared Bailey. Once again, joined by Nick Faber, Honolulu Blues. Good to see you again, buddy. Rocking the Lions hat. Yep, yep, yep. And my Christmas uh, pajamas. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I feel like Christmas pajamas shouldn't be saved just for Christmas. No. It should be, it's, an, it's an all December long thing. Oh, my gosh. So is my phone now. <laughs> you do that, let me try to coagulate my phone around here. Uh, yeah. Agree. Christmas pajamas all through any I'm, – I'm all about – Christmas pajamas to any cold weather, right? So in Michigan, all the way up until April, like I got my Christmas pajamas. Once, once like St. Patrick's Day hits late March and it, we start getting like some 70, 80 degree days, then, you know, you can kind of put them away. But right. until then, then I'm rocking them. Oh, yeah. They're expensive enough these days. I'm gonna yeah, I was going to say, up. pajamas are getting more expensive, as <laughs> is everything else in the world, apparently. Bro, I just went out and bought our Christmas tree. $150 for our Christmas tree. How tall is it? uh seven foot probably six and a half foot jesus i eight. cut it down myself so they didn't even cut it for me like i cut that oh, you got like a real one yeah 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 hauled that fucker all the way down paid 150 bucks for it oh my god back in the day they used to be like 75 80 bucks which was a fair price i i was okay with that yeah 150 dollars dude mm-hmm. i don't know it's a little much it's a little steep because that's absurd we do a um how big is ours i feel like ours is probably like eight feet and um, we've had the same one for a while because we use we use like a, a fake one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one hundred fifty bucks for a seven foot tree, Jesus. Yep, yep. And we get new every year for my birthday. That's what we do. We go cut down the tree, and uh, it's a big family thing. We've been doing it since I was like five, so I've kept it going with my family now. And it's 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 more about the tradition, the fun. You know, I can right. really care less how much it costs. Like I'm still gonna do it every year, but after the matter, after the fact, once it's all set up, and you're like. $150. Could have bought a lot of other stuff with that money. But yeah. it's for the holiday season. We love Christmas over here. When's your birthday? Uh November 21st. Oh, okay. Well, happy three-week belated birthday, buddy. Appreciate it, dude. Appreciate it. 32, man, but feel 28, you know. My mine is in less than three weeks. So uh I'm gearing up. I'm ready. Happy I'm early ready. birthday. Yeah. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, you can you can put it in the books that you're the first buddy, the first person to say it to me. Yeah, dude, popping cherries everywhere. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, there's a good slate for tomorrow. Um, the Great. one o'clock game. This might be the best early window all season that we're gonna get. Um, Jets Vikings is supposed to be a fun one. I don't know. I think that there's a lot of people that are over hyping Mike White over hyping the New York Jets. I understand that you know the, he had the best quarterback performance for a Jets quarterback in like a million years. Um and the Jets defense is very good. I'm not going to I'm not going to say a bad word about the Jets defense. I just think that you know we we saw this last year with the Jets and Mike White, you know, they he comes in, he beats the Bengals, throws for a trillion yards and then a few weeks later, I mean, yes, he dealt with injuries, but afterwards he he looked like Mike White, not not a, a a superstar quarterback like we saw against the Bears. Um, I will say this though: um, the Vikings' defense is their pass defense in specific is not good. Uh, they're right near the bottom of the league in nearly every major statistic when it comes to pass defense. Um, and their run blocking on offense, the the Vikings have got stuffed at the line of scrimmage according to Football Outsiders on twenty three percent of their runs. That's second worst in the NFL, only behind the Jaguars, who are at 25%. On the other side of it, the Jets have stuffed runs at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage at the sixth highest rate in the NFL. So, you know, if you're the Vikings, that's it's going to be difficult to run against the Jets. You're going to have to air the ball out. You're going to have to test Sauce Gardner. The line for this game, three points in favor of the Vikings over under set at 44 and a half. Uh, where are you leaning on this one, my friend? Because uh, it is one where the defense is definitely going to control it for the Jets, I do believe. I just don't think the Jets are going to be able to do enough offensively with Mike White at quarterback. They might have a few splash plays because Minnesota's pass defense isn't good, but I don't see Mike White being this world beater and just leading the Jets to the promised land. Right. 
in that is, is NFL is so recency bias, right? Every week, every single week, I'm going to the Super Bowl. I'm going 0 16, 0 17. Like there, there is such recency bias, and we all saw in a downpour, torrential downpour, Mike White put up amazing numbers, and and not only just like watch the box, look at the box score, and be like, oh, he looked really good. Like you watch that game, Mike White looked really crisp on almost every single pass that he threw in this tornado downpour, which was outstanding to see. However, it was the Bears defense, which is the worst defense in the NFL, in my opinion. One of the top, one of the bottom three. What Are we expecting the Vikings defense to be as bad as the Bears defense? Are we expecting Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, and Justin Jefferson to, to, to emulate what the Bears, Trevor Simeon, and David Montgomery, and Chase Claypool did? Absolutely not. They're going to be a much harder team. They're going to score a lot more points than the Bears did. Sauce Gardner is an amazing cornerback. If not defensive rookie of the year, second place behind Aiden. He is not going to do well against Justin Jefferson. I hate to say it. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I hate to break this news to any Jets fans listening. It's not going to happen. Justin Jefferson is too elite. So is Sauce Gardner, but it's just, it's not, he's not there right now. I am taking Minnesota on a, a minus three with my house. I'm putting the entire mortgage on this one. The over-under, I ain't touching. I would feel like I would lean the under because I don't trust Mike White to put up 17 points in this game. Um, even with Minnesota's defense, the secondary, not great. The run defense, I believe, is like 21st against run. They're not great defensively. That's okay. It's okay. The Vikings are a lot better team than the Jets. The Jets are dealing with a ton of injuries right now, unfortunately. Their offensive line, Brees Hall, uh, it's just a ton of injuries are kind of like nagging for them. They're, they're getting their receivers back. I hope the Jets can make this a game. I would love to see the upset because I, I love rooting Jets. But again, I'm putting my whole house on Minnesota minus three. I think it will be close just because, one, the Jets defense is good. It is. Uh, and two, the Vikings are a team. I, I like the Vikings. They're a team that I think can beat anybody, but they can absolutely lose to anybody as well. Uh, they're just one of those teams that's just weird. Um, and they've, they've been in a lot of close games this season. That seems to be their MO every year is just close game, close game, close game. Um, it's a three-point line. I want to lean Vikings minus three. Would it shock me if this is like a 20-17 to 17 game where Kirk throws a couple picks, um, the Jets get a splash play, um, but Dalvin Cook or Justin Jefferson make something happen and keep it you know, within, make things happen for the Vikings. Um, so... I would bet Vikings money line. I could. You could also tease the under up to fifty, uh, up to fifty and a half, which I think would absolutely. If you put that in a teaser, that's a almost as close to a lock as you can get. Um, I do like the Vikings as well in this game, though. I would probably tease it. Uh, I don't know. I can't touch that over under. I can see such scenarios where this game ends up being thirty-one to thirty, and I also see a scenario where it ends up being thirty to three. Like right. It's so hard for me. I like the tease, honestly, of the of Vikings. Tease the Vikings down to minus two or plus two, and then tease them with someone else, whomever you end up choosing or whatever, whatever other games you end up choosing. I think that would be your best bet. But I'm on the Vikings for this one. Man, you know what I was thinking about? 16-12 did not happen last week during the uh, – Yeah, you know what? I was so – that's all I cared about in the early window. I was just like, are you fucking kidding me, Russell Wilson? You're going to let this happen to me. I just put $3 on four different scores. <laughs> and you're... <laughs> what was ass. the final of that game? Do we remember? Do we know? Oh, I can put it that much. Like, it's a Broncos. Yeah, I think it, was, it was like 23-10 Panthers. Oh, that's right. It was like 23-10 Panthers. That's yeah. right. Oh, who would have predicted that score? No one in the right mind. Not us, clearly. Not <laughs> we tried, and that's what matters. Yeah, it is. It is what matters. Um, let me see. The other big game, this is at the 4 o'clock window. So we're going a little bit out of order, but 49ers-Dolphins is, is going to be fun. Um, the Dolphins have been just a force offensively all season long when Tua Tagovailoa is healthy. Uh, when it comes to uh, just testing the middle of the field and being able to just make life hell for opposing defenses, they've done just that this season. Uh, but they haven't faced Fred Warner. And that this is the matchup that I'm most looking forward to is, okay, you look at the um, the league average of how many yards are given up or the uh, passer rating given up over the middle of the field. Fred Warner by himself cuts that by like 16 percentage points. He's absolutely absurd at what he can do in the middle of the field. 
Um, so, and it was uh, Robert Mays. I, th- I believe it was Robert Mays and Nate Tice talking about this on the Athletic Podcast. Um, if the 49ers can't slow down the Dolphins over the middle, then nobody's going to be able to. And that you got to find some some other scheme to 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 play against them because you can't go cover two against them if they're just going to keep eating you for you know 15 20 yard gains they're they're going to eat that all day um but if fred warner and this very good 49ers defense can show that they can slow down the dolphins who by the way haven't really faced anybody notable this season uh outside of buffalo uh in week three and even then their offense didn't look great so um this is going to be a fun game to watch uh the dolphins are basically 49ers south uh, their former offensive coordinators there, two other former running backs are there. Uh, their schemes are basically identical. Each team has a lot of skill players offensively. This is going to be a fun one to watch uh, at Levi's. Yeah. Big revenge game, right? Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, Mike McDaniels, big revenge game. Um, could have been most but I don't think he's playing, but maybe he is. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think his listed as questionable, so he might be. Big revenge game. That's gonna be fun. Here's what I would say. I think you're 100 percent right in the fact that if the if, if Fred Warner, the best middle linebacker in the NFL, and the and the 49ers, who have an amazing scheme defensively, cannot shut down this Dolphins team, we've already seen the Bills not be able to do it. Like we we it's it'll be a tough slide, uh, tough hill for any AFC team to come up against the Dolphins. I love Mike McDaniel's. He's my favorite coach in the NFL right now. Just like watching wise, I love the I love him. But, but I don't expect San Francisco to win this game. I don't expect Fred Warner to stop Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle right now. I expect Mike McDaniels um, to know enough about San Francisco to where he will have his team executing on all perfect angles, and they will be able to win this game, I think, a little handedly. Um, and by handedly, I mean, like, by four or five. Um, but... I, and the reason for that is because of the coaching. And I say, I'll say this week after week. Coaching is the most underrated, most important thing in the NFL. People don't even think about coaching. They just, especially come like, like fantasy, which rules the NFL airwaves these days. They don't care about coaching. They just care about what they see on the field. What product do they see on the field? Well, a lot of that product that you see on the field is a straight derivative from the coaching. And if this coaching knows how to coach against this team better than anyone else, I think we're going to see a lot of big plays out of the out of the receivers. I think Jeff Wilson, if Raheem Mostert doesn't play, has an amazing game, even against this offense or defensive line that the 49ers are going to send out there. I don't care because that coaching is so important. And Mike McDaniel is knowing the, the littlest nuance of everything that goes on in the San Francisco locker room. I think it, it plays it's, – it's huge. It, it, it's huge. It's why we saw Eric Mangini be able to beat Bill Belichick. Like, there are these, like, coaches that shouldn't be that good but can beat their products – their – they're uh, fucking, I can't think of the words too early, but the guy, their mentor, the guy they, they helped build them up to a coach because they know how it runs, how it run, runs in that offense or in that office. So all, all statistics and knowledge and all this aside, I would put my money down on the Dolphins money line to cover whatever it is and to win this game because of Mike McDaniels. Dolphins are plus three and a half on the road. Money line at plus 172. I'm leaning the other way, though. Um, I think that, no, it's not to say that Miami can't win this game. I wouldn't be shocked if they do. But it comes back to the fact that they haven't been tested. Like, we look at, oh, it's great that you beat the living hell out of the Texans. Or they were down big early to the Lions. Uh, It obviously came back, but the Lions defense has been not good this season. Um, And the only time where they faced... Where Tua has gone, uh, has started a game against a really good team in Buffalo. Buffalo Bills defense largely did a very good job of keeping them in check, uh, and that was with a lot of injuries. It was a lower scoring game. Um, now, obviously, Tua gets hurt against Cincinnati, but even then, Cincinnati did a good job of keeping Miami in check while Tua was in the game. Um, so, I do want to see how they fare, and this is really only their second big. Um, game against a, a really good opponent with two in the lineup because it's a Cincinnati game and got hurt. Um, going on the road, cross country, against the best defense in football, that'll be that'll be a true a litmus test for a lot of people like me who still are like, yeah, but on the Dolphins. So uh, I do think that the 49ers win. I, I don't think that – I think it'll be within a field goal, though. I think this comes down to a, a game where it's like 27-24. 
um, 49ers win it on a, on a Robbie Gold kick. So I do think that Miami covers the three and a half. I think, and I hate to we're, I hate to just talk about this one game so for so long. I'm actually just going to play devil's advocate against that point and to say San Francisco hasn't played a single team this year. In fact, their older best team that they played was Kansas City, who whooped their ass. Second best team is the Chargers, who they, they, they did win by six, the Niners. Yeah. Did. But the last Niners games, Saints, Cardinals with Colt McCoy, Chargers, Rams without Stafford, Chiefs loss, Falcons loss, Panthers, Rams again, Broncos, Seahawks, Bears. So, I mean, like, both of these teams, I think, are unproven. I think both of these teams um, are fun, right? They're fun to talk about, too. Yeah. They're, they're, they're like, they're the, they're the upcoming. They're the team. They're the hot team. They're, you know, Chris McCaffrey just went over to San Francisco. Tyreek Hill's over with Miami. It's, they're, they're, they're not the same teams that we're used to seeing make it to the Super Bowl in the last decade. Um, and so it's fun to see these teams coming up. I got San Francisco did make a couple years ago. But anyways, 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 <laughs> both these teams are a little untested. This is the best game of the week. This will be the most fun. Um, would you have any kind of score prediction for this? I'm, I'm very curious what your score prediction is. Um, I think the highest it'll be is like 27-24. I don't think that the 49ers are going to give up more than 24 points. I think that their defense is that good. What's um, the over-under at? Over-under for this game, 46 and a half. Mm. I Damn, could, that's I could, a good one. Yeah, good I, one. Like, I could see a scenario where it's like a 20-16 to 16 game. And... Way under, know. but like that's 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 46. So you're hoping 24-23 is what you're shooting for. Yeah. Which I think is doable. I think I mean, it's doable. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, the 49ers, let's take a look at, I mean, we're talking about run defense of the, <clears throat> excuse me, of, of different teams. If we look at the 49ers run, or I'm sorry, the Dolphins run defense, it is one of the best in the NFL in terms of adjusted line yards on footballoutsiders.com. The, the Miami Dolphins are Fourth in the NFL, yeah, Tennessee, 3.52 adjusted line yards, then San Francisco, Buffalo, Miami. So, I mean, both of these teams are going to be very good at stopping the run, which means that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to make some throws this game. It's never a good thing to bank on. <laughs> it's never a good thing to bank on. So, you know, we, we got a, when you've got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle on the other side of the football. Now, Counterpoint to that, no Toronto Armstead, no Austin Jackson for the Dolphins. So we know that this 49ers pass rush is going to be hungry. Nick Bose is going to be licking his chops against, you know, backup tackles. Um, I do believe that they get Arik Armstead is back. Um, So 49ers pass rush is going to be as close to full strength as it's been all season. Um, That's going to be a fun matchup to watch. And then on the other side, can you figure out ways to get Christian McCaffrey the ball without it being in the run game? Which, by the way, they they have done this season. He's been a, a, a good threat out of the backfield as a receiver. They've lined him up in the slot a few times, I do believe, as well. Um, and isn't and, Elijah Mitchell out for the year now? I- Elijah Mitchell, I, he has a chance to return for the playoffs, if I'm oh, not okay. mistaken. Well, whatever. He's out for um, But for the regular season, yeah, he's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so another reason why you got to force it to McCaffrey now. But if there's anybody who can find a way around what a defense does well in terms of you know, figuring out schematically, it's Kyle Shanahan. Yep. Um, you know, McCaffrey's good. They're going to find a way to get McCaffrey his touches. They're going to find a way to get Debo his touches. This is going to be a fun game to watch. And it's going to be a very fun chess match between two guys who know each other really well and are built very similar, very similar on both, uh, uh, defensively. Um, yep. and, and similar offensively to where they have quarterbacks that people still have question marks about and yep. a lot of skill position guys that really make that engine run. So yeah, absolutely. My game of the week. Yep. Um, just for that, um, you could say that this next game is game of the week, too, because we got a rematch of the AFC Championship game from last year, the Chiefs and the Bengals. Uh, my goodness, this afternoon window is uh, just ungodly. Yes. Um, the the Chiefs um, start off as two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Bengals. Cincinnati's really found a little bit of a groove as of late. Um, you and I, you and I both picked. See, you know what? I knew this was going to happen. We, I picked the Titans. I find I was like, you know what, Tennessee, you showed me something. I'll pick you against Cincinnati. What do they do? They shit the bed. Yep. Um, kudos to the Bengals, though. They absolutely shut down Derrick Henry in terms of the run game. Um, they averaged the Titans did getting hit in the backfield before 
uh, before getting back to the line of scrimmage. So it's been, uh, it seems like the Bengals have figured out something in their run defense. They got DJ Reader back. Jermaine Pratt's been playing really well. Um, they they seem to have found something in terms of how you know, how to stop the run. Um, and getting all those guys back definitely helped. Uh, Joe Burrow, without Jamar Chase, I mean, he helped. T. Higgins has definitely emerged as a star receiver. Uh, they've got the ball to guys like you know, Samaj P. Ryan, who's filled in for Joe Mixon, who's dealing with a concussion. Um, Cincinnati has shown a lot over the past few weeks. They get Jamar Chase back this week, which is just all the, all the possible fireworks there is going to be a lot of fun. Um, Bengals plus two and a half. I got to tell you, man, I think the Bengals win at home. That's bold, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's bold. I love it. Uh, so what specifically brings you to that conclusion? Uh, I'm just really impressed at the adjustment that the offense has made. Like after that bad start, it was a very bland offensive plan where I think that they just relied too much on what made, made them work last year. Like they're all right, you know, we'll just toss it up to Jamar chase and everything will be okay. But teams have adjusted to that. And they're like, no, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to be a more, um, well-rounded modern offense, figure it out. And they did. Uh, we've seen, um, a lot of things, a lot of different formations. Like we've seen uh, Joe Burrow line up under shotgun a lot more, but also utilizing lining up under center. Uh, Jamar Chase has been very good this season, which isn't surprising to anybody. Uh, but also like Hayden Hurst has been really like a, a good weapon. They're finding different guys to get the job done. Um, and I think that's what it's going to come down to is yes, the Chiefs defense is better than last year. It's not, it's still not great. Um, but how many DBs are you going to be able to keep on Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Um, what linebackers are gonna are you gonna now? Nick Bolton. If you want to put Nick Bolton or Willie Gay on Hayden Hurst, you know I like I like your your chances there. Um, but I think it just comes down to Joe Burrow is a very good quarterback as well. The Bengals have more weapons on offense. They're the home team. I like their defense better than I like the Chiefs. I just think they're a more well rounded team. Um, but at the same time, you know. Kansas City still has 15, which is always, you know, the great equalizer. So it's going to be a very, very fun game to watch, and I'm very much looking forward to it. It's going to be so fun, just like last year. Last year, it was, I think it was at halftime. I think Kansas City was kind of whooping butt, weren't they? Um, and then Yeah, 21 to 3 at halftime last year. And then Cincinnati made a big comeback. Right. So it should be a very fun game. No matter what, even if a team does get out big, um, no matter what, by the end of the game, this will be a close game. Um, no one's going to win by more than seven points, I would say. I got my money in Kansas City. They've lost one game. That was to Buffalo. They're not going to lose again this year. Patrick Mahomes is playing the best. It's just, it's sim- not as similar, because, but it's just, for me, it's super relatable. When Matthew Stafford lost Calvin Johnson to retirement, mm. everyone said, well, Stafford's done. One of the best fantasy quarterbacks. He ain't going to be able to ever throw the ball again. All he ever did was throw it up to Calvin, which he did many times. It was like triple, triple coverage, and he would just throw it up to Calvin. Whatever. <laughs> Calvin gets re- Calvin retires, and Matthew Stafford has his best quarterback season. Yeah, I was gonna say he got he got better once Megatron retired. He got better once he became smarter with the ball. This is not per, not exactly, but it's a little bit sure. similar to where Patrick Mahomes is having one of his best years, leading the league in passing yards by four hundred yards plus right now. <laughs> he is the best quarterback in the NFL right now, and he's the better than Tom Brady. Like right now, I'm not gonna say that. You know, his one ring is better than six rings by any but right I now. I think he's the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. A thousand percent. It was, in my opinion, Peyton Manning. I thought Peyton Manning even was better than Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a better winner. I thought Peyton Manning was a better quarterback. I've never seen anyone or anything like Patrick Mahomes. And the, the big tell for me is, like, I'm Patrick Mahomes is longevity. If I'm still saying this in 10 years, like I was about Peyton Manning 15 years into his career, then that's amazing. Just w- kudos to Patrick Mahomes. As of right now, Patrick Mahomes is the best. Him and his connection with Travis Kelsey, they are finding a run game. I know Pacheco didn't look amazing last week, 22 rushes for like 69 yards, but he's just he's a he's a little bowling ball. He's going to continue to get better. They're going to continue to run with him. They just got Melvin Gordon, who not this week, but soon will be into the mix of things. Um, Kadarius Tony, I don't know if he's coming back yet, but if not, still Juju. That whole team with Andy Reid, there is not a better NFL team and. I love that you predicted the Bengals, but I would say anyone that picks against the Chiefs is 
fucking crazy because they're that good. You know what I mean? But not you. <laughs> Everybody but me. Right. <laughs> uh, in terms of in terms of the uh, the passing matchups in this game, uh, the Chiefs second in the NFL and pass offense DVOA. The Bengals ninth in the NFL and pass defense DVOA. So I mean, it's going to be a really evenly met. Now, the Bengals not having Chadobia Wuzier has hurt them, but Can Taylor Britt has stepped up. I'm going to be very curious to see um, how the Bengals match up on the back end. Now, obviously, you don't have Tyree Kill that you got to worry about, which is great. Um, but you know, this is still a very good offense uh, that's found different ways to to hurt teams. So um, you, know, you got to keep Marquez Valdez Scantling, Miko Hardman in check, and then obviously Travis Kelsey is having you know maybe the best season of his career right now. So uh, there is just a lot to to focus on on both sides of the ball, really. So it's going to be. Uh, we're going to have a, just a treat of a late window. I'm going to have each of these games on their own respective TV yep. red zone. Be damned. That's <laughs> these are the two games that everybody needs to focus on on that four o'clock window. Yeah. Um, also, so shout out Cam Taylor Britt. I loved him coming out of college. So just great to hear his name mentioned in any kind of podcast. Yeah. I mean, as well as, you know, guys like Mike Hilton, who, um, you know, they signed last year from Pittsburgh and he's been a really good nickel corner. Um, he made a play last week against, it was against Derrick Henry. The, um, he came off the edge, lined up from the nickel spot, and they handed it to Henry, I believe, and he just ate him. Like, it was fantastic. Um, so the, the Bengals don't have a lot of star power, like in terms of like superstars defensively, but they have, they are just deep uh, nearly all over the field. Um, like I said, it'll be interesting to see how their cornerbacks face off against the Chiefs receivers. Um, but their safeties are also very good. This is just a really evenly matched game yep. uh, all across the board. Like I said, Bengals plus two and a half. I'm taking them to win outright. Um, score prediction from you for this game. Uh, Chiefs 27, Bengals 23. All right. The over under 52 and a half for this game. So the under. keep that in mind. Which I would never really bet the under on this game. But Absolutely not. Nope. <laughs> I don't recommend anyone to predict or do that. <laughs> Another early game, um, Titans at Eagles. Um, Tennessee, you know, I think kind of took their medicine last week. Uh, they got beat and what they do best. Like they just couldn't get anything going on the ground. Derrick Henry had a long reception, um, which he then fumbled, was covered in the end zone by Traylon Brooks for his first career touchdown. That was just a weird play all around. Very weird. Um, Tennessee loses 20 to 16 to the Cincinnati Bengals. Close, evenly matched game. I mean, I don't think that they have anything to be. Um, disappointed about in themselves you know they just you know lost to a good team i do think that they rebound this week i think they upset philadelphia plus four and a half on the road um this we've talked about matchups what does philadelphia do best they run the football they ran for over 300 yards last week against the green bay packers what do the tennessee titans do best defensively they stop the run so this is going to be something very, very fun to watch. The Titans are number one in the league in the NFL by a comfortable margin in defensive rush DVOA. 29.1% rush, D, or sorry, negative 29.1% uh, rush DVOA. The second best team is the 49ers at negative 24.2. So they have a comfortable 5% lead over the second best team when it comes to stopping the run. That is absolutely absurd what the Titans are able to do. Um, their front seven is incredible. Um, that is going to be a, a battle to watch. Like, how are they going to, like, are they going to, you know, kind of tempt the Eagles to run with Jalen Hurts? Are they going to stack the box constantly? Are they going to say, all right, you know what? If you beat us over the top with AJ Brown, we'll tip our caps to you. We don't think that you can do it for four quarters. Good luck. Like that is going to be something very fun to watch. And I think that the Titans do bounce back this week and get the win. I I wonder how long we go until uh, you predict the Eagles to actually win a game because last week you were all about Packers. Over the Eagles, um, so. I'm sticking with it. Sticking I with it. it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I I got the Eagles to win this game. I think they're really. I think they're just a better team. Titans were we were we're so we were so close to talking about this as in the Titans beating the Bengals because the Titans were so close to beating Cincinnati. It wasn't until a flipping. Um, stupid penalty. I think it was by Jeff Simmons who pushed the long snapper over yes. to give Cincinnati an extra five yards and a first round and an automatic win, basically. Without that penalty, Tennessee gets the ball down by four uh, or down by seven, something like that, and has a chance to tie and or win the game. I 
like Tennessee a lot. I really do. I, like I said it last week, and I'll say it again this week. They're the best regular season team in the NFL. Mike Brabel has that team kicking ass in the regular season. In fact, if they would have had Ryan Tannehill and not Mike Willis or Malik, Malik Willis, Willis. Um, I bet they beat Kansas City in Kansas City. They lost in overtime with Malik Willis. In Kansas when he threw like nine passes all game or something like that. We threw like nine passes all game. Like it's a whole different game with Tannehill in there. They're the best regular season team. I, I there is not. I would rather play the Chiefs seventeen weeks in the regular season than play the Titans seventeen weeks. That's just how it goes. However, they're not a good. They're not a good playoff team because they use their best, their best weapon way too much in that regular season. All that aside. I'm going to take the Eagles to win this game. Uh, Eagles are going to win this one just because the Eagles can't really be stopped right now. Jalen Hurts is on a mission. I don't think they're going to be like Super Bowl bound. I really don't think they're that good. Um, but probably NFC Championship, I don't really see them getting anywhere less than that. And they're fighting for that number one seed. They want that bye week. And you're only one team in the NFC and only one team in the AFC gets a bye week these days. And that's a lot. That's very important. So I think they're fighting for that. I don't think they're going to lose this game. Uh, this is in Philly? In Philadelphia, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Philly 30, Tennessee 27. 30-27. Higher scoring game than we think. I don't know why, but I'm just going with that. Even though I love I love the stats that you just brought. Realistically, the, the, the Titans, amazing run defense versus Philadelphia and just Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts and Kenneth Gainwell. It's going to be so fun. Such another, another great game that the NFL has given us in week 13. I absolutely love it. And I'm excited to see, you know, the guys like Tyre Tart, Jeffrey Simmons on the uh, the Titans front uh, seven. Danico yes. Autry, I believe, is out for this game. So, I mean, they take a little bit of a hit there. Um, but, I mean, in terms of their past defense as well, I mean, Roger McCreary um, has been very good. Christian Fulton's been very good. Um, so, Tennessee, I mean, they're well coached. We know that Rabel's going to get the absolute best out of these guys. Um, another interesting stat that was brought up, I believe, is on the Ringer NFL show. We talk about the Eagles defense. They are a very, they're a defense that's okay, you know, kind of like, uh, just don't give up the big play. You know, we'll, we'll, if they get into the red zone, we'll stop them, just hold them to three. Um, I can't, I want to say it was Stephen Ruiz who brought up this stat. I can't remember exactly who, so I'll have to go back and find. Um, there has not been a play this season. We're in week 13 where the Eagles have had more than three linebackers on the field at the same time. Really? They, they don't. They do not like, they go light boxes. They really like just running a light, light defense. So that's great. But if you're Derrick Henry and you get past that first wave of defenders, <laughs> the 45 year old men, like that's going and that's going to be something to watch is okay. Can the Eagles kind of get out of their own way, swallow their pride, and try something new? Because if they don't, I think that Derrick Henry is going to have a big day. And I am going to go back and find who did say that on the Ringer show, just because I do want to give them credit for that. That is where it came from. I'm not going to take entire credit for, for knowing that stat. So um, um, I, thought that, I thought that was Johnson a fantastic week, stat. Do we know? What's that? Is Gardner Johnson playing this week? Do we know? I don't no, know. he had the uh, the kidney laceration. I believe he's out. Is he out like season-wise? I, I never followed up on his actual on his injury. So I, I don't know, know about season-wise, but I don't believe he's playing tomorrow. That's huge. It's a big. That's yeah. a big one for not just obviously he leads the league in interceptions, but that's a big tackler for Derrick Henry. For as you're saying, like if, if Derrick Henry does get past the first wave and you need secondary to take him down, I would plus, much I mean, rather prefer really... CJJ going CGJ going to tackle him than Darius Slay. You know what and I mean? Plus, I mean the the nickel corner spot. I mean, I believe he's usually who they put in that nickel spot or and, and uh, have out there in that spot. So I mean, if you put Robert Woods in there, if you put Westbrook Akeen in there, like. I think that that's going to be something to watch in terms of where Tannehill's going to go with the ball. You know, you're not going to just consistently target James Bradbury and Darius Slay if you can help it. Um, but if you can, you know, target a bigger body in the slot, like I would expect Robert Woods to have a decent game tomorrow. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's going to be I fun agree. to watch. I agree. I agree. I love, you know, this is the thing about putting us on a show together is we're too good at talking and now we're three games in 30 minutes. In the show. Shit, well, right, thing. I would rather, I would rather spend 30 minutes talking about the four most important games than a half hour talking about Steelers Falcons. Which, <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? We can talk about Steelers Falcons for a good 30 minutes. I promise you that. I wonder who's calling that game tomorrow. That's going to be, is that a Fox game or it might be a CBS game. I think the Steelers have had their two Fox games. Is that a, is it a Fox game? I'm not hundred percent sure. Atlanta, Pittsburgh. Anytime I hear Pittsburgh, I think CBS, but that's just me as a 
Lions this fan. screams like a game that Spiro Ditas is going to call. Like I feel like that is who's going to be on the call. This season. screams like a game that you could probably get a couple interns to see how they do, and we'll just let them know. <laughs> you know what I mean? All 14 people watching this game probably won't mind that much. Yeah, no, they absolutely won't. You could put me in the booth, and they'd be like, all right, yeah, whatever. Um, you and me calling a game? That would be a good That would be fun. That would be very fun. <laughs> the Steelers are one-point favorites on the road in Atlanta. Um, Steelers beat the Colts. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> they beat a bad team. Uh, and it went down to, you know, the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. Um, the Colts largely handed this game to them. Like there was a sequence where um, it was fourth down. Steelers got a penalty. Colts got a first down. Steelers got another penalty. Colts had it at the two. Matt Ryan fumbles a snap uh, or the exchange of Jonathan Taylor. The Steelers recover. Crisis averted. Like a lot of things just bounced their way that game. Um, Kenny Pickett's still throwing for six yards in attempt. Like, it's just so bad. And everybody, every Steelers fan on Twitter is like, oh my God, he had a, a PFF grade of 88 franchise quarterback incoming. Like, dude, he threw for six yards in attempt. They are not asking him to do anything. Calm down. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and then I'm called a hater for pointing out the obvious. Whatever. No, fans, I'm being Steelers, you know I'm a Steelers fan, man. I can't stand 90% of other Steelers fans. They are just the most... You can't reason with them. No, it's um, Lions fans. Lions fans are just super toxic. They just they everything to blame everyone as quick as possible. Toxic. So I'm right there with you. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Falcons suck. I don't care. They like got super lucky early in the season to get up even up to four wins. Um, They've been a weird team. Better quarterback than Marcus Mariota, and that's maybe not saying much, but it's just a fact in my opinion. I think Mike Tom. I just I think this comes down to coaching. I think Arthur Smith is the worst coach than Mike Tomlin. Game's going to be nineteen to eighteen. Oh, it is going to be something like that, isn't it? It's going to be just an ugly score for yeah, a bunch yeah. of ugly teams. Ugly Coffee. football being played. Yeah, exactly. I'm, but I, with all that said, I just give Mike Tomlin the nod, so I would give Pittsburgh the win in this nineteen eighteen. And you know, as a Steelers fan, it is annoying because a few weeks ago they were holding a top five pick, and you're like, all right, you know what? They're going to be bad. At least they can get somebody for them. They're going to have a bunch of picks oh, in the top no. 40. And now they're going to win a bunch of meaningless games <laughs> against a bunch of bad teams and pick like 15th. And it's just never going to end. They're going to go like eight and nine somehow. And I'm going to be sitting here pissed off knowing that they could have had Paris Johnson or Will Anderson. And now they're going to, oh, it's just so this team, this pissing team. It's because they're, they're not eliminated, right? They're not eliminated from contention. Technically, they are in, they are not eliminated, right? With that being said, yes, technically Tom, they're still alive, and technically I could get with Halsey if I tried hard enough. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> just saying, Mike Tomlin's gonna keep that energy going. Like we're not out. All we gotta do is win every game from here on out, <laughs> and they're gonna try. They're gonna try. In terms of the the matchups that I'll pay attention to, I mean, Atlanta likes to run the ball. Uh, they are eighth in the NFL offensively in run DVOA. The Steelers sixteenth at stopping the run. Uh, in terms of how many of that was without TJ Watt, that is, yep, that is the point that will be uh definitely contentious and what yep. we'll have to come back to watching. So I get it. Um, however, I'm oh, I lied, I lied. Okay, so I was looking at the wrong thing. The Steelers eighth in rush DVUA, eighth against rush DVUA. Don't yell at me, everybody. I apologize. I quit. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know where I got 16 from. Oh, wait, you know what? I, I I'm not going to explain how, but there's a 16 on the screen in terms of a different ranking. I was looking at a different a different team. So my apologies for the misreading. Steelers eighth against Even the runner. So yeah, that'll be... If they could slow down Marcus Mariota, because we know that the Falcons and Arthur Smith are going to kind of give him a select number of design runs. The Falcons don't really have a ton of running backs that scare anybody. Like, yeah, Cordero's fun. Tyler Algier's been fun. They're not, these aren't elite guys. I think Caleb Hunt is the back on that team to be all out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think <laughs> on a better team, I think like him, I think Caleb Huntley with the Chiefs would be an explosive. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be fun. Yes. Yeah. So, um, this is going to be just an ugly game, multiple picks thrown. It's going to be some ugly score. Anybody who watches this should be put in some sort of home like it's yeah. it's not gonna be i mean i'm gonna watch it obviously but yeah, yeah. And, um, you know and i'll have your home set up for you you know what i mean i appreciate it no i appreciate it i'm not betting on this though because i think i think the steelers will win 
selfishly i'm kind of hoping they don't just, just lose out yeah um, that's not selfish that's 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 called being a good fan is you want yeah. to tank. at this point we are past the pa the point of like when we were young and it was like well just always just win every game do your best yeah yeah no now we're full on if we lose three of the first four games i want tank the rest of the season i don't give up <laughs> over under for this game's 42 and a half i'm betting the shit out of the under on this under 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 yep yeah, You're because realistically, like, Pittsburgh's defense is pretty good, and they got T.J. Watt back. And sure. Atlanta's defense is the only reason why they've won four games, in my opinion. They've been a lot better than people think. Um, so yeah, which is weird. I, like, I can't name five Falcons defenders. I don't think anybody outside of Atlanta can. Not at all. Richie Not Grant good. and Grady Jarrett. That's all I got for Grady. you. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A.J. Terrell. There's three. I got Oh, three. yeah, 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 yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's pretty, pretty good. good. We liked him coming out of the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, your Detroit Lions versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is another. I mean, it's only one point, basically a pick 'em. Um, at home are the Detroit Lions. They've won what three of their last four. Lost on Thanksgiving to the Buffalo Bills. Um, in a competitive game, though. I mean, defensively, guys like Ali McNeil have been playing really well. Kirby Joseph, like um, Alex Anzalone, caught more passes from Josh Allen than I think Gabe Davis did on Thanksgiving. So. <laughs> So that, funny. <laughs> so that was that was something to watch. Um, and then Jacksonville coming off that miraculous last uh, last second win over the Ravens, Trevor Lawrence. I think that was Trevor Lawrence finally being able to say, "I'm here," which we've been kind of waiting for. It. He's had good performances, um, but mostly in losses. Like the loss against the Chiefs, he played pretty well. They did have a, a pretty big win over the Chargers, but. Uh, the, the Chargers have been that team over the past like decade where it's just like they're sometimes good, sometimes not. So regardless, though, in this moment at home against a team like Baltimore where he's down late and has to make all the throws he did. And it was so cool to see him do that at home, especially in front of a crowd that you know has been waiting for for Jacksonville to be good again. And uh, it definitely seems like they have the guy to do it. This is one that I think could be very like low key fun. We'll get a lot of attention because the other games we've already talked about, uh, but it could be a very fun one. Um, what are your, your thoughts as a Lions fan? And then we can move on from this one. Um, this will be interesting. Uh, my big thing is the splits. I believe Trevor Lawrence has won one game on the road this year. And that was against the Chargers in week two and like a weird game. Um, he's not that good on the road. Unfortunately, he's very good at home though. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is Jared Goff, very bad on the road but doing a lot better at home. And and I think these splits are going to kind of come into play. I think Detroit takes this win. This isn't trying to be a bias. Um, I'm the first to tell you when Detroit should lose a game. But I just I think they're a better team than Jacksonville. Uh, Detroit's eight losses this year are to eight playoff teams. Okay? It's not like that they're, they're this team losing to bad game, bad teams, that games that they should be winning, they're not winning. They're winning every game that they should win. They've lost to eight playoff teams, in my opinion. That's That's fair for a team that's still trying to – initiate themselves as a playoff team. Um, these are two upcomers. We're going to see Jacksonville versus Detroit, and it'll be a stellar game in about four years when they will play each other again, this time in Jacksonville. That time in Jacksonville. Um, Trevor Lawrence will be six years into his career. Hopefully, whoever the Lions quarterback is, Caleb Williams uh, or Bryce Young, um, will be just a couple years into their, their career. Be a very fun game to watch in four years when we get to see him again. This year, it will be sneaky good. I think it'll be sneaky bad in the first half. We're going to see some bad football play. We'll get some really good, fun football in the second half um, in a game that kind of doesn't really matter. I guess the Lions are somewhat still in the hunt, obviously, if you look at anything. But really, are we? Like, I don't think so. So I'm right on that verge of, like, do I want to lose? I want to win. I don't know. This game, I got Lions winning this game 27-23 and – that's more so on Trevor Lawrence playing bad on the road than it is the Lions playing good at all lately or anything like that. I just think this is going to come down. Trevor Lawrence will have the chance to win the game, and he doesn't. I think we're going to see a classic Lions game where it's just the weirdest game we've ever seen, and it comes down to the final drive, and Trevor Lawrence does it again. Mm, That's what see, I think Trevor Lawrence I, won't do it on his final drive, but I think you're right where it does come down to Trevor Lawrence's yeah. final drive. Yes, I think you're right. So I think that that'll be – we're in, we're in agreement on that. At yes. least. Um, we didn't touch on the other game that has maybe the most playoff implications among any game this week. The commanders travel to New York to play the giants. And if you look at both of these teams remaining schedules, like it's a lot of divisional games. They play I each think, other two weeks in a row. Well, yeah, 
Washington yeah, plays the Giants yeah, two yeah. weeks, two times in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Commanders point and a half favorites on the road. I do think the Giants win this week. Like, this is a game that if you're the Giants, you absolutely have to win. Because if you lose, then both teams are, well, that would put the Commanders at eight and five going into the bye. That would put the Giants at seven and five. That is, you know, not territory you want to be in. And then if you come off the bye and lose again, then the Giants are basically done. And then the playoff picture is basically set with the Cowboys, Commanders, and Seahawks each owning the three wildcard spots. It would just depend on seating at that point. Uh, in my newsletter this week, I went game by game for the rest of the year to predict the playoffs. This is the matchup in terms of the two teams that are going to be duking it out that fascinates me the most. Um and I think it's going to come down to the fact that Washington beat Philadelphia once the giants play the Eagles in the final week of the season. And then um, the commanders also play Seattle this season. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I have to go back. Um, no, no, no. Seattle would own the tiebreaker. I think both of them were finishing nine and eight, but the fact that a, the commanders and beat the Eagles once and I, the giants losing twice to the Eagles and the fact that Seattle beat the Giants, all of them could finish nine and eight, and then the Giants are going to be left out on the wash because uh, of the tiebreaker scenarios. I think this is going to be the tightest part of any playoff race uh, for the rest of the season, uh, and it's going to be fun to watch. Taylor Heineke has been really fun. Uh, the Giants, uh, this, this needs to be a get-right game for them uh, at home, I guess, against a division rival if they want to have any shot at making the playoffs. I uh, we just did this on my podcast on the, on the Honolulu Blues podcast. Quick shout out. Um, we also went through all these games week by week, team by team, to see what it would take for the Lions to get in. And really, it's not that much. Um, I, after it was all said and done, I think I had the the Redskins. Or, I'm sorry, the Commanders finishing with nine wins and the Giants finishing with eight wins. One more win throughout the rest of the week. Their schedule is very tough. Um, it is. In fact, I think Washington with Taylor Heineke is a better team than Dallas or than the Giants, and will take both wins both wins. You, think they, uh, you think you think they sweep them i think washington sweeps the giants and i think the giants don't, doesn't win a single game until week 18 when the eagles are already locked in the first place and, and sit everyone playing it's the only way the giants win one game for the rest of the year they got so lucky to start the season that they reminded me of this is really old school but it was like 2000 and like 13 or 2012 kevin cobb or kevin kolb went from the eagles to the Cardinals and started out five and zero with the Cardinals and teams mm. were like, "This team is the best team in the NFL." They won one more game for the rest of the season. Um, there are many teams that happen like that. The Giants got super lucky. We're winning these one score games, which is it's hard to do, which is a, a great, but that doesn't set you up as the best team or, or as this great team just because you right. pulled out these early one score games. You have to continue to do that all season, and I don't think they will. The Giants are not as good as the, as the Commanders. They are not, and especially with the Commanders getting Chase Young back. That team is a better team. Tyler Haneke is a better quarterback, a better winner than um, Daniel Jones. I think Ron Rivera is a better coach than Brian Dabble. I think just everything sets up where commanders should win this game. Commanders should make the playoffs um, and squeak in on the back of Taylor Haneke, like they seem to do over the last couple of years. <laughs> Lions are going to make the playoffs. Giants aren't going to lose again. Uh, that's that's the end of it. Uh, so I got Giants winning this game 22 to 20. Yeah, like... As much as I love the commanders and how fun they are, do I think that they're just going to keep winning and just never stop? Like, I do think that there's going to be a roadblock where do I think that they're better than the Giants? Yes. Do I think that they are much better than the Giants? No. Like, I think that there is, it's not splitting hairs. Like, I think that you can look at the commanders and be like, yeah, they're better, but. Um, so I, I do think that this is where they come down to earth a little bit, get right off the bye, come back at home and beat the Giants and then finish off the year, get to nine wins, and have um, have the, have the seventh seed in the NFC playoff race. It is a fascinating race to watch, though. If you go, like, split the screen with it and just go game by game, it is – there's so many just inter, interweaving knots between all three of those teams that just make it so fascinating. So yeah, Agreed. Um, that'll be, that'll be I need one of them to lose out. That's all I need. <laughs> one of them to lose out. We got the tiebreaker over the Giants. We got the tiebreaker over the Commanders. We just need one of those two teams to lose the rest of their games. Oh, so whomever loses this week, you're going to be like, all right, I'm rooting against them for the rest of the year. Yeah, if the Giants win, oh, the Commanders can go suck an egg. I will. They, they're out. You know <laughs> what I mean? I need them losing every game. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Denver, Baltimore. This should be a get right game for Baltimore. This line did start off at eight and a half in favor of the Ravens. It's gone up to nine and a half. Um, 
Yeah, we don't need to spend much time on this, I don't think. The Broncos are bad. The Ravens can't hold leads in the fourth quarter for whatever reason. They've blown four two-possession leads in the fourth quarter of the season. That is absolutely... Four leads of at least two possessions. They blew a three-possession lead against Miami and a 17-point lead against the Bills. So uh, something about the second half for the Ravens just hasn't been their friend. Um, I I read a quick stat that was... And I can't remember the teams exactly. It was three teams who had at least a 10-point lead in every single game for the first 11 games. Um, like 2005 Packers, 11-0. 1990, I don't know, Cowboys, we'll just say 11-0. 2022 Baltimore Ravens, 7-4. and mm. Like, it's crazy. They cannot keep these leads. It's nuts to me. It is nuts. And that's because they have the worst secondary in the NFL right now, statistically. Like, I, you Which can say so the players weird, or whatever, it? but statistically, they're – they're god awful atrocious. Let me see. Let me see what they are uh in past defense DVOA because I would actually be I'm actually curious to find that out. Yeah, because, because two, for some also, reason they are just bad. The statistic I brought up too is definitely based off of fantasy football <laughs> wide receiver sure. rankings on there. But still, you know what I mean? Like it is what it is. Like it is what it is. They have been worse than people have expected. However, I think over the past month or so, like getting Roquan Smith has definitely helped yes. their front seven. They're keeping teams. Largely holding teams in check when it comes to scoring, so that's good. It's just they do have a tendency to get beat. In terms of past DVOA, they are eighth in the NFL. Um, so, I mean, they're. I would like to see if we have a, like a second half. Like, if we can just just do second half, that would be fun. Um, that would be fun. The thing is, the, this game is unwatchable. This game is going to be six to three at halftime. I've said this last week, and I'll say it again. The Broncos are really bad, but they bring teams down with them. Their defense is good enough. They bring teams down with them. Well, what has Baltimore been doing over the last month? Not scoring points. Not scoring points. They scored 27 against Jacksonville. It was the highest scoring game they've had in the month. They they, they they haven't scored. uh, Denver fourth in the NFL in terms of pass DVOA. So um, now, obviously, Baltimore not that big of a passing team. I mean, the problem with the Ravens is that you know, everybody's going to point to Lamar and say, okay, see, this is why you shouldn't pay him all that money. And while I hear that, look at who he's got to work with. He's got the carcass of Deshaun Jackson. Uh, Rashad Bateman's gone for the year. Demarcus Robinson, who was like the eighth receiver on the Chiefs last year, is like his go-to guy right now. Um, and Mark Andrews is good and whatnot. Um, the but, best tight end in fantasy football last week was Josh Oliver, the backup third string tight end for the freaking Ravens. Dude. Like, you know, what I mean? yeah, he, Lamar has to do. That's why I want Detroit to go get Lamar this offseason. That's a whole different conversation for a whole different day. But uh, they, just like, don't, they have no outside threats. And no. that is that's hurting their offense a lot, which they have to lean on the run. And with um, that, that, that keeps the safeties in the box. Because they know they aren't going to get beat over top by Hollywood yeah. Brown or anything like that. So now when Lamar tries to run, well, the safeties are just three, four yards away from him, ready to yeah. pounce. Like, it's not like there's 26 yards down the field trying to cover Hollywood. They're right here. They're like, they're not scared of Devin Duvernay and Demarcus Robinson and Deshaun Jackson. That's the last thing they're scared about. They're more scared about Mark Andrews, who's only running these 10, 15-yard routes at most. And then Gus Edwards. <laughs> and no one's afraid of Gus Edwards. Not, not, not even the – I mean, no one, no one, no one. So – yeah, I don't know. I think this game is literally six to three at halftime, thirteen to eleven final score. <laughs> Has to be a weird score because it's a Broncos game. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yep. Denver seventeenth in run do run DVOA, so that kind of plays into the hand of Baltimore. But like you said, Denver's not going to have to really worry about taking anybody away over the top. They can kind of load those boxes a little bit more. So that'll be Denver's defense is good. Yeah, like credit to them. They have zero reason to keep giving a damn. But they are still playing well. So much and, so uh, that they give a damn and they yell at Russell Wilson on the sideline. It becomes the biggest conversation, you know. And then nobody went to Russ's birthday. And oh, Russ, what are you doing? Oh, it's so bad. Um, Deshaun Watson returns this week against his former team. There's no fun way to talk about Deshaun Watson. It's not going to be. I'm I'm intrigued on how like the play by play guys are going to like address this. Um, that's that's the most I care about in this game is, OK, now, you know, we've had a nice three months of not having to worry about talking about Deshaun Watson. And now we have to. And it's annoying and it's unfortunate. Um, but Cleveland is seven point favorites in this game. I want more than anything this week for Houston to win this game. I think that would make a lot of people happy. It would be so fun. It really would. Uh, he's, they got they got 10 accusers at, at the, the game. 
What do you think they're doing there? You think they're like going around talking to be like, you shouldn't be rooting for like, or something like, what do you think? I they're think doing? Like, they there to just watch the football game. Like that's the last thing they, I would ever want to do. Right. But, I think that the point of making it public to let everybody know that they'll be there, I think it's just a power thing. Like say, you know what? We, we're not afraid of him and we're gonna, we're gonna let him know, you know, they, they don't have to say anything. They can, I think their presence says a lot more than words would. Absolutely. I was just kind of curious. I was reading that. Um, Deshaun Watson's not that good of a quarterback, especially right now. Uh, we saw his practice. Like he's, 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 he, he was pretty good with Bill O'Brien Texans offense. Never great. Never as big as everyone thought about, thought he was. In my opinion, I thought he made yeah, a lot I mean, of big splash plays, but in, in the, in the preseason, he looked dreadful. Um, oh, awful. And then, and then practice, did we see any of the film of this practice that he just had on Tuesday or Monday or whatever? I haven't. Oh, it was the worst throws I've ever seen in my life, dude. He looks like Christian Hackenberg up there, realistically. Christian Hackenberg, that's a that's a shout. Um, I think that the Texans win this game. And I don't think uh, Deshaun has that good of a game. But I do think Nick Chubb has a phenomenal game. Um I don't I'm not even gonna really bang on Cream Hot, but I think Nick Chubb puts up a buck sixty on the ground, two or three touchdowns on the ground. But I still think Houston wins this game in like a really random 23 to 20 game, um, based off of Deshaun Watson coming back. And this isn't a revenge game for Deshaun Watson. No, I think this is a this revenge, is a revenge game, for game for the Texans. That's exactly right. So I think they're going to use that. And at home, I think they're going to win. I don't know if I'd ever bet it. What's the line on this? Oh, wait, you said that. Cleveland. Uh, uh. Seven. Oh, my God. I am definitely taking Houston plus seven. Like, holy schmoly, I'm taking that. There is no way Cleveland wins this game by more than the touchdown, in my opinion. Keep they talking. Might gonna, win the game. I'm going to plug in my computer real quick. We're on 2%. 2% just like the milk I drink. You know what I mean? That's the kind <laughs> of drink you need. That's the kind. You drink 2% because you think you're fat? <laughs> you could drink skim milk. Uh, that's a good Napoleon Dynamite quote right there. I'm just going to keep talking while Jared's not in the picture. Penn State behind him. I tell you what, let's look at everything he's got back there. So I see Penn State. I was like, Frank Sinatra? What the hell is that? Is that Frank Sinatra? No, that's uh, Sean Connery as James Bond. Ah, shit. Okay, that makes sense. That's a good picture. Is the Islanders? Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm not an Islanders fan. I was just at like a sports store one day. They were selling pennants like two for five bucks. And I liked the Islanders one. And I got like the uh, the old school 90s Jets one above it. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, we can look at we can, we can look at what's on my wall. If you'd like, I've got uh, an old school, like the double colored Jaguars helmet. I, OK, I see that. Yep. Mm -hmm. What's right uh, under it? Is that a wrestler? That's, no, it's Batman right oh. under it. Okay. Above that is Selena Kyle from the new Batman movie. Here, oh, we can okay. go up even more. Above her is Jeff Hardy. Yeah, <laughs> that's my boy right there. Next is to he Jeff, still a lot around doing wrestling stuff. Yeah, he uh, he had to go to rehab. I thought he, he got in trouble for something. Yeah, but uh, he's coming back soon, so that'll be fun. Good dude, what a what an yeah. awesome! I just watched him and Stone Cold do a, you know, Stone Cold. I don't know, I, you know him more than I do, but he does like this show, I guess, or podcast. Or yeah, he does the, the Smoking Skull sessions. Sure. And he had Jeff Hardy on there just talking about all yeah. the high fly. And Jeff Hardy he was like, on a scale one to ten, how much did this hurt? And then he kept going and kept going. And uh, man, it was so fun just reliving all my my childhood, watching every single one of those falls. Just I guess Dudley Boys against Tanker. It was just great. I loved it. Love it. Absolutely, my favorite wrestler of all time. Then next to Jeff Hardy's Michael Myers, and then Love him. just the uh, the uh, media cred from Senior Bowl from two years ago. Oh, you'll like this. So, um. There's a uh, a a collectible store, like a toy store, collectible store, and they were selling these bobbleheads. The Joey Harrington Lions <laughs> bobblehead. <laughs> oh no, sir! That's great. Yeah, so, I love that. I love going to those sports, like collectible stores, toy stores. I got so much collectible. So much stuff. And then, <laughs> You can't see because the oh, the mic's in the way, but then I got a Drew Bledsoe, one of the exact same thing. Oh, so yeah. and then what Batman comic book next to it? Yeah, um, I think it's just from like the animated series, like a poster from the animated series. Oh, got you. So well, that's fun. I like going through you know your background. It's fun to see what people like to put up in their background. Yeah, yeah, big big Batman guy. So that's great. I'm a big Marvel guy, so I'm not the biggest okay. DC guy, but I love Marvel. If I was at my home right now, I'd go through showing all my Marvel Legos and all that. 
Marvel Legos. I love oh, to hear that. That's to great. Addicted to <laughs> just like Baba. All right, we got about ten minutes before we're gonna get out of here, so we can just quickly run through the rest of the slate and just give a quick predictions. Okay. Um, Packers Bears. This is a game that I think that the Packers will win. I know that Justin Fields is coming back. Um, Bears are bad defensively. They're very bad. Offensively, they'll be fun to watch. This might be a little bit of a higher scoring game than many would think. I, don't, I think it'll be somewhere in the mid twenties for each for each side. Uh, but I do think that the Packers win. I'll take the Bears in this. Are we in Chicago Ooh. or in Green Bay? In Chicago, so it's at Soldier Field. And what did what happened last year when Aaron Rodgers Rogers went there? What did he yell to him? That he I owns them. Own you. And uh, I think they're all pissed about that. I think Chicago's pissed about that. I bet Justin Fields is pissed about that. I bet the fan base hasn't stopped talking about it since it happened. <laughs> Give me Chicago in an upset win. Green Bay is just not right this year. They are not right. I'm not putting any money on them. Give me Chicago in an upset. Bears are plus three and a half this game, plus 152 on the money line. Seahawks, Rams, this is just a game of the damned. Uh, Seahawks, uh, touchdown favorite. They are favored by seven in Los Angeles. Probably going to be Rice Perkins again. The Rams are just, this is a wash for them. Um, minus seven. I feel comfortable taking Seahawks in the points. Not often do I feel comfortable taking plus seven or minus seven. Like I, I, I don't like taking minus seven, especially in football. Every It doesn't matter. It just somehow always seems to be one point game. Uh, unless you got rice pilaf playing like i'm just not starting spanish rice perkins i'm just not doing it so <laughs> give me no aaron donald no cooper cup no Allen robinson no daryl henderson who's off the team no tyler higby no offensive line i'm pretty sure the entire defense is staying at home so give me seattle by 14 in this game 20 they're basically playing their like preseason roster yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's great for Lions fans. And we want that. So Rams, keep losing. We like it. We appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Detroit's got that that pick. So, I mean, the more the Rams keep losing, the higher that pick goes. Give us the right now. They're number three. If they want to give us the number two or number one pick, hey, we're taking it, baby. That's if Chicago wins one more game and the Rams lose out, we it's the number two pick. And now we're just banking on Houston winning two more games, which if they can win this week against Cleveland. That's halfway there. That's halfway there, baby. <laughs> Chargers Raiders, uh, the Chargers point and a half dogs on the road in Vegas. I think the Chargers win this outright. Um, I think that Vegas is going to a little bit of recency bias with the Raiders. They won their last two games against Denver and Seattle in both games going in overtime. Uh, I don't think that this is the Raiders turning some sort of corner. I think they're still the Raiders. And um, by the way, uh, I know that you and I differ on Derek Carr and whatnot, but I mean, um, Josh Jacobs, I don't think we differ on over 300 yards from scrimmage. That is one thing I will pay attention to because you and I could run for a buck fifty on the Chargers. I'm I'm interested to see what Josh Jacobs does against this Chargers run defense. However, I do think that this line just changed on the fly. Dun, dun, dun. Breaking gambling news. So this was <laughs> this was the Chargers plus one and a half. It just jumped to two and a half. Was wow. somebody hurt? Wow. I mean, get... wait, plus two and a half or minus two and a half? Chargers are plus two and a half. So it went, it jumped a complete point. Dude, Vegas is either underreacting to to uh, Los Angeles because they haven't been great, as great as we thought this year, or they're overreacting to Las Vegas because they're, they're yeah, like you said, they won two straight games. Right. I'm taking Chargers plus two and a half. I would Absolutely. even take the money line, but it, it, it probably will be like a one point. I think that one and a half was a really good line. Um, but. So I, I found the culprit of why that jumped. Mike Williams is out against Vegas. So I get him on my starting roster. Okay. Yeah. Josh Jacobs also listed as questionable. He's going to play. Um, I still like the Chargers in this game. I just think that the Raiders are too bad defensively. Um, yeah, I don't think Mike Williams really moves the needle that much for me. Like he's especially good... in that Joe Lombardi offense where they just don't yeah. throw the ball downfield. Like yeah, if it was like Eckler out and you were starting Josh, then Brown, then you're yeah, 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 yeah. Now we got to talk about yeah. Mike Williams, insert DeAndre Carter or Josh Palmer. They're just as good. Yes. Uh, Colts, Cowboys in Dallas. Uh, Dallas minus 10 and a half. I'll take, I'll take the Colts to cover. Like, they're not a very good team, but they've covered. Um, and I, th- I want to say they've covered the majority of their get, uh, their games this season. When Saturday took over, I mean, they won outright. They covered against Philadelphia. They didn't cover against Pittsburgh. I think the, the Steelers game was like a three and a half point spread. They lost by seven. Um but every game that they've had since Saturday took over, they've been competitive. And I think that they stay competitive, um, but Dallas wins the game. Mm, I can't take it. Ah, uh, man. You say Cowboys are 10? 10 and a half. I can't take that money. I cannot yeah. take that money. 
but I wouldn't bet for the Colts. I, I just Cowboys win this game by a landslide. Uh, they're they're just the better team. They're the better team. Sure. Um, and then the Monday night game: Saints at Buccaneers. Good lord, poor Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Um, Saints have largely owned. Yeah, yeah. Poor anybody who watches that. Um, the Saints have like largely owned the Buccaneers over the past few years. Um, Tampa Bay won ten to three earlier on this year, I believe, is what it was. Um, I have to go back and look at the score. It might have been twenty to three. I, th- I feel like Tampa Bay exploded for a few touchdowns in the second half. Uh, regardless, this, these are two teams that are one's really bad. The other one it has Tom Brady and is still bad. So it's just weird. Um, Bucks three and a half point favorites. Uh, I will take the Bucks to win. I kind of want to take them to cover because it's you know Dennis Allen and Andy Dalton. But I think I would just bet them money line here. Yeah, the Saints seem to have Brady's uh, number over the past few years. Um, Brady did exactly what I said he would do and not score over 22 points because they're their team. Yeah, by the way, bravo to you. You hit the nail on the fucking head there, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. And so I believe I just believe that continues. And the Saints defense we saw hold San Francisco to 13 last week. Um, good defense, bad offense. We talked about that last week. I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say Tampa Bay wins this game 16 to 6. And so the bet, the, bet the under a 40.5, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yes, yes, because there's no way that Tampa Bay scores more than 22 points, and there is no way. I guess the Saints defense, which is 20. really good. Yeah. Wait, what? I guess the Saints defense that is also still That is really good, exactly. Good. And yet a Saints offense that is terrible. So it's like, yeah, this is all – hit the under. Hit the under. Hit the another under. week where we try to predict a score. Should we okay. do it? I yeah, feel like yeah. – I, I said I'm sticking with my score. 26 – oh, no, what did I just say? 16 to 6? 16 to 6, yeah. Give me 16 to 6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go. I want to go like 19 to 13. 19 13 feels good. That's a good bet. That's a good bet. No matter what, you take the under. I can. You take the under. Yes. Take the under in 19 13. That's what I'm. That's what I'm doing. All right. right, We got two minutes to USA starts. Yeah, I was going to say, you got World Cup to watch. I don't. Uh, (laughs) uh, What do you got going on this week? USA, if they win, then I'll just be drunk for the next weekend, uh, for the entire weekend. If they lose, then I'll be sad and drunk for the entire weekend. <laughs> uh, if you're subscribed to the newsletter, that comes out today. It should It'll be out by the time you're listening to this as a podcast. Uh, it's actually coming out. It's 9.58 a.m. It's coming out at 10. So uh, subscribe to that uh, Pump Fake newsletter. Again, going through every remaining game and breaking down how I see the playoff picture shaping out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so subscribe to that, read that, um, and then... Uh, Bear stuff for USA Today. Another piece comes out today, actually, talking about uh, Bears Packers. So, yes, read all of that. Yes. All right, buddy. Hey, I'm more more than happy always having you on here. It's been a lot of fun. Um, Have have a good weekend. Enjoy your World Cup game. Hopefully. Who's USA even playing? Netherlands, baby. Win or go home. Here we go. Are you betting on it? No, not at all. Okay. Well, good luck to Marika against yep. the Netherlands. Go Marika. All right, I, buddy. Hope that, I hope that you're drunk and happy by the end of the day, buddy. <laughs> I hope so, too, bro. I hope so, too. All right, buddy. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.